When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. This week's episode, we are recording here January 17th on Sunday. As you're listening, it'll be the week of January the 18th. The NFL divisional round playoffs is this weekend. We got some good football going on. We are missing our college football. It's been a couple weeks here, and uh, it feels like it's been ages since we've watched Michigan State play, let alone uh, that Ohio State Alabama national championship already feels like it was it was a while ago now. So, uh, kind of a, a weird time in sports. Like football's kind of coming to a close slowly here. Basketball and hockey and everything are picking up. But uh, Scott, how are we feeling at this time of the calendar year and this time of the sports schedule and everything that's going on around this uh, this January date? Uh, yeah, it's a uh... It's a tough time of year for a football or college football fan in particular. Obviously, we got some excitement left in the NFL. Uh, go Bills, circle the wagons. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It, we'll, we'll try to keep the people entertained with some exciting stuff throughout this off season. Um, you know, obviously keeping our eye out for different storylines. And and today we'll be finishing up what we started last week. So uh, yeah, we'll try to keep the people entertained. Yeah. And, and speaking of the people, I do really appreciate everybody that's listening, everybody that's, that's sticking with us in terms of like me looking at my, my analytics here, we really haven't dropped off at all from the season to now. So everybody, I can tell you're, you're really invested in Michigan state football. I really appreciate the support. Uh, it's, it's been awesome kind of taking this, this journey. We'll continue to, to put out great content as I mentioned, I teased it last week. We do have a couple interviews that are lined up that will be coming up. Keep uh, Make sure you're following on Twitter at Standing Room MSU, and uh, we'll continue to to give you the news as that comes along. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure, like Scott said, we'll, we'll make sure we keep you guys entertained, informed throughout the whole offseason because it is a long offseason. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this year we get a normal uh, spring ball. That way we'll, we'll have a little bit more to talk about here. But uh, it, again, if you're not subscribed, make sure you do. We'll, we'll keep this content coming along. And if you're new, welcome to the show. I hope you, you stick around with us and enjoy some Michigan State football talk through the whole offseason. Uh, if you missed it last week, we went through the uh, kind of momentum check uh, of the Michigan State football roster going through each position. Last week, we did the offense talking about 
you know, hey, where do we stand right now at the quarterback spot, for example? How does that kind of follow where we were going into the 2020 season? How does that follow where we felt in the middle of the season and and keeping track of that momentum and how we feel right now? We'll do the defense here today, go through defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers, corners, safeties. Uh, we'll have some fun with that. First, there hasn't been a, a whole lot of news. It's been a, a pretty dry week. There hasn't been really much on the transfer portal in terms of recruiting. It's been pretty quiet. Really, the one thing that I think is worth noting that I saw, uh, Jim Camperoni, he kind of he put it out there on Rivals that it was rumored Jordan Reed will probably not be coming back next year. That is relatively significant. He was a, a guy that started at right tackle for two years. He was the only healthy guy in that offensive line for two years. He started, uh, I believe, like 26 straight games. So it is pretty impactful. It, it does feel a bit weird to say that because we haven't seen him play since 2019. He opted out of this season. But Scott, does this impact anything? Like we were talking about the momentum of the offensive line on last week's show, and and really Jordan Reed's name was not brought up. Is this really impactful for you? Does this move the needle? No, I mean, it's it's obviously a bummer. He had quite a few starts under his belt and, and played quite a bit in the, you know, the last couple of years before he opted out this year. Um, but I think the offensive line with or without him would be in a pretty similar situation. A lot of question marks, not a whole lot of guys that you know are going to be very reliable not to say they won't be but just from what we've seen so far you know we're not holding our breath too much so um obviously a bummer you love to have depth at a position especially especially experienced depth at a position like the offensive line um but uh, not not all that surprising he's been in the program for what <laughs> feels like 10 years so uh best of luck to him obviously it's unfortunate but uh we'll see what what happens yeah, they did. He didn't really mention. I'm sure we'll get an announcement from Jordan Reed himself at some point if he's going to pursue football elsewhere. If if he's just kind of calling it quits, but I'm interested to follow that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's pretty pretty quiet week here, Scott. Anything else before we get into uh, our topic here today? Uh no. I mean, we did have if for those still following along, uh, Chris Jackson transferring out of the program found a home at Washington state. So uh, best of luck to him no as well. Obviously the only other one kind of on the note of, of Jordan Reed, um, Justin Stevens was a true freshman offensive lineman, a real big guy. I think he's out of Canada who opted out of this season announced he will return to the program this season. So guy we haven't seen yet. Um, but I think he, he was going through the off season program um, previous to the shutdown so hopefully that'll be a name that you start to hear a little bit more maybe we'll even see him in spring ball yeah we'll we'll get a couple guys back here and obviously we'll we'll be losing a handful as well I think the transfer portal news is far from finished again it, it has been a quiet week here since uh Kenneth Walker the running back I think we're still looking at another one or two guys that are going to be leaving and that are going to be coming in you know, we'll talk about the defensive backs here coming up, but we, we desperately need some help at corner. So maybe that's just uh, hopeful thinking that we're not done yet, but uh, we certainly could use a couple names and there are plenty of names still out there. So we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Make sure we keep you guys updated, but 
let's get into it here today. So like I said, the, the topic is basically, you know, the momentum check. How, how are we feeling about these position groups going into this offseason and whether that's relative to expectations at this time last year, whether that's relative to, you know, how we felt two, three, four games into the season. Um, I think it's a really interesting conversation to have when you go through these, these position groups. And we'll start with the defensive ends, which is really fascinating for me because you bring back Jacob Panishuk and Drew Beasley, both guys that were seniors, both guys that had the opportunity to leave whether that's for the NFL, whether that's for, for, you know, whatever other career opportunities they have. I think Drew Beasley, especially, but Jacob Panishuk as well, kind of realized that, Hey, maybe the NFL, it's going to be a possibility for me one day, but it's not something that maybe they're relying on for their future, because I, I don't think these are bona fide NFL talents, right? So they kind of saw the writing on the wall there and said, especially this year, hey, maybe I can come back, have a strong fifth season at Michigan State, and maybe put myself out there, get an invite to a camp, get a seventh round draft pick, who knows? So Beasley and Panishuk both come back, both bring a lot of experience with them. And then you you have a guy like Michael Fletcher started to really shine at the end of last year. Um, just got better and better, started playing more and more snaps as the season went along, finished the year tied with Drew Beasley with three sacks to lead the team. And then you bring in Drew Jordan, the transfer from Duke. So Scott, I'll, I'll really let you kick off the conversation here with the defensive ends. How are we feeling about this group going into this off season? It's, it's a really interesting position group. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've got a lot of options here. Like you said, the, you know, bringing Panashuk and Beasley back um, is really valuable, not only just from a talent perspective, but from a leadership perspective and not leaving, you know, voids in, in positions um, without a whole lot of knowledge of how you're going to fill them. Uh, Fletcher and Jordan, I, it's interesting. It will be interesting to see how the snaps play out, because I think between those four guys, depending on how the offseason goes and what the coaches see, especially from guys like Jordan and Fletcher, who you know, haven't had as many reps. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think you've got four guys who all can compete for the lion's share of reps. And I mean, at a position like defensive end, you're more than open to, you know, just rotating them. You don't necessarily have to find your specific starters. Um, And I'm also interested to see how it plays out in the depth uh, aspect of this position with guys like Zach Slade, uh, Jack Camper, even like a guy like Tyson Watson, who's one of the more highly touted recruits um you know how many snaps are going to be left over after that top four-man rotation but I mean all in all you look at the momentum of the position we didn't lose anybody you know of of real significance at this position if anybody at all um and and you add a couple more guys both from transfers or just from an experience perspective and I, I think you definitely would say this is trending up um, you don't necessarily still have that bona fide, you know, Kenny Willickish, Shalik Calhoun type guy on the roster, but I'll, I'd give it probably a seven or eight out of 10. If you guys remember from last week, um, five is kind of neutral. Anything below five is trending down. Anything above is, is trending up. So I'd put it seven or eight range. I, I actually put it at a nine. Uh, I think again, we're, we're not necessarily saying a nine out of 10 in terms of like this is one of the most talented groups in America. This is, you know, a bona fide anchor for this team, but we're just looking purely at momentum 
And when you tell me that between Drew Beasley and Jacob Panishuk, we went two for two on those guys deciding to come back. And we brought in a transfer in Drew Jordan with, you know, nine career sacks, a hundred career tackles. I think that, you know, we're moving in the right direction here, man. I, I really think that in terms of off season momentum, this is the group I, I have the highest number on. And that's just for that reason alone. I mean, you bring back four, you have a four man rotation that could be, that could be right up there in the big 10 when you're obviously going to be behind the likes of Ohio state, right? But Penn state, they're losing both of their top edge rushers. I know Wisconsin's always going to be up there, but you have a, a strong four man rotation where Jacob Panishuk, 18 career tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Uh, Drew Jordan, 13 career tackles for loss, nine sacks. Drew Beasley, 11 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. And then Michael Fletcher, the one, you know, kind of just breaking onto the scene here. So I, I really think this is a strong group. Like you said, we beyond those four guys, we haven't seen a whole lot. Um, so we don't really know what kind of depth we have there. But when you have four strong guys, like that's about as much depth as you could ever ask for at a college program. So uh, I, I really, I love the way that this is shaping up in the off season, bringing in a talented kid like Drew Jordan, who really, like we kind of mentioned before the podcast, like this really kind of caught me off guard, right? When we're going into this off season, we're thinking, all right, you know, Mel Tucker, he's going to bring in some transfers. He's been vocal about it. And we're thinking quarterback, we're thinking defensive back, we're thinking all of these other positions, linebacker. And the one that we end up getting is a defensive end that, you know, when, again, when Panishuk and when Beasley decide to come back, Drew Jordan's also a senior. So this is going to be really interesting next year where we're feeling because three of these four guys are all going to be gone and it's going to be Michael Fletcher and who knows. Right. But uh, as of right now, and then you talk about the recruits that we're bringing in, you got a guy, Alex Okilo, who I don't think is going to be ready right away. Six foot six, 217 pounds, right. He's going to need to develop that body a little bit. Uh, Kevin Durant on the outside. Right. Right. Hey, you got Tyson Watson who could come in. I mean, six foot six, 260 pounds. That's a kid who physically should be available to play right away. Now, whether he'll be, he'll be ready in terms of, uh, you know, his, his technical skills and everything like that's, you know, still a lot to be seen, but I think you're bringing in a talented recruiting class and you got these guys on the roster. So I, I gave this a nine out of 10 tons and tons of momentum going into the off season for this defensive end group. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's exciting. Um, I agree, you know, probably the best unit uh, through and through on the defense, maybe, maybe the entire team, um, you know, when you look at it, all things considered. So definitely going to be relying on them quite a bit to create some havoc and take some of the pressure off of uh, the units that are, that we'll talk about in a little bit here. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, obviously they're always going to be tied closely with the defensive tackles. So we'll move there. You lose Naquan Jones to the NFL, somebody I think who will be drafted probably early day three, right? Fourth, fifth, sixth round draft pick, probably. Um, who fills, uh, you know, who leaves a massive hole in that defensive line, you know, literally and figuratively, right? He was a really important piece for that defense, but you know, one of those guys like 6'4, 340 pounds, 
Um, he was a run stuffer in there. He also had some penetration ability and he's going to leave a big hole there. Who's going to come in, step up and fill that gap is, is still to be seen. We saw plenty of Jacob Slade the last two years, really. And then you got Jalen Hunt and Deshaun Mallory, both got a ton of snaps this last year. Both guys that I thought really excelled at times. I don't know if you can necessarily say the consistency was there all the time with both of those guys, but certainly flashed a ton of talent. Um, you bring in a couple of recruits, Derek Harmon out of Detroit, 6'4", 325 pounds, and, and the headliner being Rayshon Benny, who still, I guess we don't really know if he's going to be playing offense or defense, but 6'5", 270 pounds, four-star recruit out of Oak Park, definitely going to be in the mix here, whether that's for true freshman playing time or not, we'll, we'll definitely have to see, but in terms of uh, early in his career, I think we were certainly going to see him, but uh, yeah, defensive tackles, Naquan Jones, like how big is that departure? And do you think somebody can step in and fill those shoes right away? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, to understate how much he did for this team, but that being said, there were quite a few snaps this year that he was not on the field. And we had the rest of this rotation that, that, you know, you already mentioned that it's, that's returning and, and they held up. Well, I would say on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive tackles probably surprised me the most last season. Um, even, even a guy like Naquan Jones, you know, before the season, we didn't really know what to expect because he had never taken a starting role on defense. And, and obviously he played the, the position really well, but a lot of the plays made in the backfield this year, um, by defensive tackles were guys like Deshaun Mallory and Jalen Hunt. And I'm, I'm excited to see this group. I think we certainly have enough talent and rotation here. Uh, you got guys like Maverick Hansen and Kyle King, who already got some snaps last year, who are obviously returning as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, but I'm not as concerned about the, you know, the void left by Naquan Jones uh, because I, I do think these guys came along better than expected this past season. And I think they'll continue that. And, you know, it gives us a really well-rounded defensive line in general, which, you know, say what you want about the rest of the, or the rest of the defense and the other aspects of the game. But if you can control the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a chance in every game. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting to see this group come together. And I think, uh, you know, barring any injuries or anything else, you know, that's uh, kind of startling. Um I think, I think it's going to be a really good unit. Yeah. And, and we know Ron Burton likes to rotate these guys. Obviously for a couple of years there, we had Mike Panishuk and Raekwon Williams that were eating up the majority of the snaps because they were just so good together. But Naquan Jones had plenty of playing time, even with those two guys in there, Jacob Slade even got plenty of reps in there with those two guys. So, you know, it's going to be a group that they're going to rotate a lot. And like you said, you know, we have Slade, Hunt, and Mallory. I think we can feel pretty comfortable with who who's going to be those guys that step up behind them to fill in some of those gaps, to fill in, whether it's for an injury or, or just, you know, to, to give these guys a breather. Maverick Hansen is a guy that kind of sticks out. He's listed right now 6'4", 290 pounds. He, he was a class of 2018, 2019. Uh, out of Farmington Hills. That's somebody who I think is is definitely going to be in the mix here. Simeon Barrow uh, is a guy that I think is interesting. He was a class of, of 2020, 
um, that, that I think is going to get some playing time here, at least the opportunity in spring ball to show what he's got. He came in as a defensive end. He's bulked up to, to 270 now is listed at. So if he can get that number up to 280, 285 by the time the season kicks off, I think he'll have a shot at some playing time. But I, I didn't really know how to feel here because, yeah, you, you lose Naquan Jones, who was such an important piece of this defense this year especially. But even the last couple of years as a rotational guy played a huge role. And I, I think you're really depending on Hunt and Mallory to, to really step up their consistency, which is something that's hard to do. You can always be one of those guys who flashes a couple times. We've seen plenty of examples of that at Michigan State. Like one that comes to mind is Trenton Gillis in that tight end. Right, He just keeps flashing, but never seems to put it all together. We see it on the offensive line all the time. So can these guys really develop into that consistent all-Big Ten type performer, or are they just going to be you know, another player who, who shows a lot of potential but just can't, can't make that next step to, to be a consistent, consistent player on the defensive line? So that's going to be the key. I put this at a five out of 10 right down the middle. I don't think, you know, you're, you're really feeling great going into this off season compared to where we were last year. Um, but I also think even with the departure of Naquan Jones, I don't think it's all doom and gloom because you do have these two young guys who I think are, are more than capable of filling in. Um, but it's just a matter of, of trusting those guys to make that step. So I don't know any, any last thoughts here on the defensive tackles. No, I think, I think five is fair. Um, you know, with the departure of Naquan Jones, you're losing a lot of consistency. Like I said, I was really excited about what I saw in flashes last year at defensive tackle. I know the potential is there. Obviously we'll see if they put it all together for a consistent attack inside, but um, yeah, you've got obviously the downgrade for Jones and an upgrade in potential. So uh, I think, like you said, it's a wash at five. So let's let's head over to the linebackers here, Scott. I'll let you kick this one off. How are you feeling? We've talked about this group a lot, but uh, I, I kind of know a lot of your thoughts just from personal conversations. But but where are we going to take this conversation here with the linebackers? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of you know losing consistency and and adding some potential, um, obviously Antoine Simmons is off to greener pastures in the NFL. Um, excited to see what he can do there, but we're left with, obviously you've got Noah Harvey, you've got Chase Klein. Those are the two guys who really saw a lot of the field last year at this position. You've got a guy like Hightower coming up through the ranks who we didn't really see last year, but a lot of people are still excited about. And obviously the big addiction addition, uh, Ma'a Nauteote, who is a big question mark right now. He's one of the better linebacker recruits we've had in a few years, maybe even since uh, Antoine Simmons. Um, he should mold well to that, to this system and to the style that um, Simmons played, you know, all over the field, a little bit undersized uh, for a traditional big time linebacker, but a lot of speed and athleticism and loves the hit. So um, once he's ready, he should fill that hole. The question is, is that this year, is that next year? Hopefully it's not a couple years down the road, but um, it's a question mark. And then you've got a couple guys like Cal Halliday and Cole DeMarzo who've been around the program, a little bit of special teams work, but didn't see too much of the field, could take a step up, um, but we haven't really seen it yet from them. So 
Um, I guess the real focus from a, <clears throat> excuse me, from a film perspective is Noah Harvey, Chase Klein, um, which is a little scary, uh, quite frankly. I think this position group as a whole, I'd put at like a three because Antoine Simmons, without Nauteote, I might even put it at a one. Um, it's Noah Harvey and Chase Klein did not really show the ability to play the whole playbook last year. They both had pretty significant holes in their game. Um, I, I want to see more of Chase Klein. I still feel like we didn't get like a true evaluation of him last year because he, they were using him in kind of um, specialty situations, a lot of pass rushing. Uh, he didn't really play all three downs. And Noah Harvey just played all three downs, but not well. Um, you know, as we like to say, he looked like he had center blocks for feet the whole season. So he, he looks um, like that, you know, classic, like early two thousands, mid nineties, like thumper middle linebacker, but right, yeah. he just he can play the eight seem to play anything else. Yeah. yeah it's, if, if you were in a three linebacker set where he can just focus on the AB gaps and in inside, you know, cover a, a shallow zone across the middle, maybe, but in this type of system where you've got to play sideline to sideline, it's just not really working for him. So um, we're going to have to see something from a young guy like Nateote, Hightower, or one of those guys I mentioned like DeMarzo and Halliday, who we didn't see much of the last couple of years. Um, everyone's going to have to step up in this unit. Antoine Simmons carried this defense as a whole, definitely carried the linebacker unit specifically. And it's, it's a huge gap to fill. I don't think we have the guys yet to fill it. I think we're going to take a step back this year. Momentum, I would say, is down. That's why I said probably about a, a three for this position. And Nauteote is probably the best chance of surprising people and, and starting to make up for what we lost. Yeah, I put, like, Antoine Simmons to lose – that impact you're looking at not only the on-field production which is staggering the last couple of years but the leadership the the ability to get everybody in the right spot to set everything up in defense to to be the leader in the film room to he was just such an intelligent football player that you're you're not only losing the the production on the field but you're losing that guy who can you know set everything up who can make sure everybody's in the right position who can you know, really dissect the play. And, and, you know, there were so many times we saw last year where it seemed like he knew the play better than the offense did. Like as soon as they snapped the ball, there would be a little swing pass to the running back. And it felt like he was, he dissected that just in a heartbeat. And as soon as the ball was snapped, he would be on a beeline for the running back and tackle him as soon as he caught it. There was just so many of those plays that you're losing such an important piece. And, and in terms of production, I mean, the last two years of him starting, it was a 20 game sample size here, 165 tackles, 24 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. You're looking at replacing over eight tackles and over one tackle for loss every single game. I mean, that that's just tough to replace. And like you said, you're going to need somebody to step up, but even if they do, man, like even if now Teote is, is getting on the field as a true freshman and balling out, even if Devin Hightower takes the step that, that we're not expecting, if Chase Klein really does this breakthrough, you're not getting what you got from Antoine Simmons. And that's not to say that these guys on the roster aren't any good. That's not to say like, oh, I don't see any potential here. 
that's just to say, like, I don't want to understate how much Antoine Simmons meant to this team. So it's tough, man. I, I gave it a two out of 10 in terms of momentum, just because you're losing your cornerstone. You're losing your anchor, your rock, how, whatever analogy you want to make. You're losing that guy. And that's going to be so, so impactful to this team moving forward. But you're getting another year in Scotty Hazleton's system. You're getting another year in this two linebacker set. Hopefully between Chase Klein and, and Noah Harvey and, you know, these young guys, Hightower, who have, who've kind of been in the film room for a year. They've been on practice fields for a year. They've gotten some game experience for a year and really starting to figure out what Hazleton's asking of them. Hopefully that can lead to some improvement that maybe these guys just weren't really, you know, accustomed to this defense. Maybe, you know, Harvey just, just wasn't picking up the information quick enough. Maybe, Chase Klein just wasn't, didn't really understand his role. Maybe after another off season, we get some normal spring practice. We get a spring game. Some of these guys, some things start to click, right? They always talk about with these elite athletes, like the game starts to slow down. Maybe we start to get that for some of these linebackers. Maybe the game starts to slow down for them a little bit and they can really get comfortable in this new scheme, but I'm not, not too confident with it. That's, I guess, if you're going to make a pitch for the linebackers being better this year, I guess that's the best you can do. But I just, I think losing Simmons is going to be so tough to replace. And I just haven't seen anything from the guys on the roster to make me believe that we're going to be anywhere near, you know, that level of production. Yeah, it's it's hard for an individual to make, other than maybe at the quarterback position, to make as large a contribution to a football team as as Antoine Simmons was last year. I mean, this is the equivalent to to losing the Cassius Winston of your defense. Um, he was, like you said, the heart and soul of this defense. He was the best tackler. He was the best at reading plays. He was basically the best at everything you do on defense on that defense, and, and he's gone now. So there's a leadership void. There's a, you know, positional void. It's, it's going to be tough. And we have guys behind him, but every single guy has multiple question marks. In fact, most of their game is a question mark for most of these guys. So it's a lot of maybes, like you said, things can always hit. The guys are constantly developing, but, uh, but you don't want to rely on maybes too much. So we'll see. We will see. So defensive backs, this we'll, we'll split this up, but I just want to kind of set it up. Um, with a general kind of couple statements here about the defensive backs, because it was a huge topic of conversation going into last off season where Julian Barnett was turning back to the defensive side. We had Xavier Henderson coming back. There was quite a lot of confidence going into the off season with this group, Kalon Gervin making the step up. He was somebody I was really high on last off season. And we started to see some kind of momentum building last off season with this position group. And now you come into this year where half of the cornerback roster is basically gone via either, you know, heading to the NFL draft uh, transfer portal, whatever the case may be, you have two returning scholarship cornerbacks, the safeties you're really bringing back, I guess all of your guys, but 
other than Xavier Henderson, how comfortable do you feel with those guys? It's, it's a big question mark. So let's start with the corners here. Let's, let's get this out of the way because again, you're returning two scholarship guys like that. That is so unprecedented. Like that's, I, I can't even emphasize enough how ridiculous that is. Obviously Shakur Brown is leaving for the NFL we lost Julian Barnett. He went to Memphis. Chris Jackson, he went over to Washington State. Uh, I'm missing one. Scott, can you tap in here and help me out? Well, who's the other oh, guy? No, I, I, I can't. I, I only remember the Davion guys we Williams. Have. He yes. is going to, I don't remember where, but yeah, he was going Did he pick a somewhere. school yet? Um, I thought he did, but yeah, you, you lose three cornerbacks and three guys who are all pretty highly regarded as recruits guys that, you know, if you're following, you know, the real full depth chart of this program, guys that you go into the season thinking, okay, like by 2021, these guys are going to be counted on for playing time. And and I guess that's just not going to be the case, right? You're bringing back Angelo gross who had a really great, really strong freshman season, but you're going to rely on him to to be a, a really important part of this defense moving forward where maybe you were hoping for him to be a little bit more of a role player. That's not going to be the case. He's going to need to to really step up and be a leader on this team going forward. And then obviously Kalon Gervin, the other guy that you feel comfortable starting on the outside, had a, a really strong season in my opinion. Yeah, he missed a couple plays. Yeah, he gave up a couple deep balls, but Playing corner is really freaking hard, man. So you're going to give up a couple of those plays, especially as your first season starting. But that's somebody I think has all Big Ten type potential. So, Scott, man, where do we go from here with the corners? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've got Gervin, like you just mentioned, who he's going to have to be that lockdown guy who you can rely on. You can play him on an island. Well, in in this defense, you can give him a third of the field and know he's going to do what he needs to more times than not. And like you said, it it kind of came in spurts last year, but he really came into his own. There was a stretch of like two or three games last year where you could just see the confidence. He wanted the ball thrown to him because he wanted to make plays on it. and, uh, And he was doing that. Definitely slowed down a little bit at the end of the year, along with the rest of the team, but that's more because of who we were playing, I think, and, and less so because of, you know, taking any kind of step back. Um, Angelo Gross is, is definitely the w- where I'll be watching the most. He only played on the inside this year in that nickel sl- uh, third corner, extra safety kind of extra linebacker hybrid role. Um, he has ne- I, We haven't seen him on the outside. Can he even do that? I mean, if he can't play on the outside, you're talking about playing a true freshman who did not enroll early. So they'll be, you know, with the school for a couple of months, or, I mean, maybe you move like a trade person back to corner, but he's our starting free safety. So who do you play there? So I think gross has to play outside if this, unless one of these freshmen really impresses us, but without any of them enrolling early, I just, I just can't see that happening early in the season. I think um, that's like one of the topics of the off season, right? Like is Angelo gross ready to take that step to be a, a lockdown outside corner? Cause like you said, like he really excelled in his role last year, but playing the slot and playing outside are two completely different things as a defensive back. So 
yeah, that, I mean, that's a question of the off season. Who's going to be, is he ready for that? Or is it going to be like a Charles Brantley as a true freshman, right? Like that second outside corner mm-hmm. spot, man, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And in this scheme, you don't get help over the top. I mean, this isn't a cover two where you're playing the underneath zone. This is a cover three. You've got a third of the field from uh, end zone to end zone and, and you got to be able to play that. So uh, we're going to see how it plays out. Uh, maybe one of these freshmen will be ready, um, but it's, I mean, it's hard enough to play as a true freshman anywhere on the field to play as an outside corner, as a true freshman without enrolling early in the big 10, it's just a huge task. I think you got to rely on gross and, and we'll talk about the nickels here in a second and, but uh, probably fill in kind of more of a safety hybrid into that nickel spot. So we'll see definitely for spring ball. If we get to see the spring game, keep an eye on gross, see where they play them. And uh, that'll give you kind of a hint as to what the plans are for this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mentioned Charles Brantley. He's one of the recruits that's coming in this year. We do have five defensive backs that we're bringing in. The problem is, is you really, AJ Kirk is, is more of a safety. He can probably play that nickel role. Michael Gravely, the same way. He's kind of that box safety type of kid. Um, and then you have Charles Brantley, who definitely projects as an outside corner, six one, uh, you know, really athletic kid. I think he's, he's 170 pounds. That's a bit slender to get in and, and play as a true freshman. Stefan Johnson's the other one. 6'1", 165 pounds. So the two guys that that you really think, okay, this is the athletic kid, definitely has a lot of experience playing as an outside corner. You can see stepping in, but 165, 170 pounds, man, you're asking them to come in and play Big Ten football. That's a tough ask. Obviously, you got an offseason here to bring that up, but are you really going to bulk up more than five pounds in one off season without sacrificing some of that athleticism? Probably not. So you're really, you're really in a tough spot here. And and like I said, the transfer portal, I think it's far from finished. I think we, we do have a, a guy or two to still bring in here, but I haven't really heard any whispers about any potential defensive backs. There was a kid from Notre Dame who, uh, who was getting a little bit of chatter, but I think he already signed somewhere else. I don't even remember his name because he signed so quickly somewhere else, but it, it's, man, it's a tough spot. I, I put this at a two out of 10 as well, just because you're losing all of your depth. And the only thing really saving it is how well that Angelo Gross and Kalon Gervin played last year. But again, you're asking Gross to do something that he hasn't been asked to do so far and that's go to the outside and shut down a third of the field. So this is going to be a conversation that we're having a lot this off season. What's going on with these cornerbacks? Are we bringing somebody in? Is there somebody as a true freshman that we hear about in fall camp that starts to make some noise? This is, this is really, truly fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, it's going to be an area we got our eyes on throughout the off season, whenever we can. Um, and I'm sure plenty of reporters will be asking questions about it. So hopefully we'll get some nuggets and some clues, uh, through interviews and everything else. Um, and we'll see, I, I think this is probably an area where first few weeks of the season next year, we're going to be talking about a bit of a liability, uh, one way or another. So we'll definitely see how it plays out throughout the off season, but it's uh, it's a concern for sure. And the other side of the defensive backs, you got the safeties who 
and a really completely opposite situation here. It's like, we're bringing back everybody, right? Xavier Henderson's coming back. As far as we know, Trey Persons coming back. Those were our two starters last year. Michael Dowell, who got plenty of snaps last year, he'll be back. I think he's going to be filling that nickel role that Angelo Gross will be giving up. Uh, he played quite a bit of that role last year, so I think we saw plenty of it. He he played pretty well. I think there was certainly some times where um, he gave up a couple plays, but all in all, I, I think he did play well at that spot. I think that's about as, as natural a position as you can get for him. Um, it's in terms of depth, you're really Darius snow is a guy that, that we all want to see on the field. He was probably the highest rated recruit, depending on the service last year. So he got on the field a little bit, but you know, really not enough to make a big impact, not enough to show what he's got. So Tate Halleck is, I mean, like you're, you're three, four deep here at the safety position that uh, of guys that have some playing experience here at Michigan state. So um, Xavier Henderson, I think is a stud. I think he's, he took a little bit of a step back last year, in my opinion, but I think a lot of that is just getting used to a new scheme. I, I really expect him to be back playing at a high level next year, but that free safety spot we've talked about, that's, that's a reason for concern. And then, uh, you know, what's going on with the depth here. And again, we're bringing in a, a lot of guys here that can also play that spot. So in terms of depth, man, there's plenty of guys who can play safety. Um, but can any of them play it at a high enough level that we feel comfortable, I think is the question, right? It's like, we have a bunch of like C plus B minus guys, and we're looking for that B plus A type of guy. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's it's an interesting position. Like you mentioned, Xavier Henderson is is a sure thing, kind of like Kalen Gerben um, in the previous position group. You can rely on him, and, and quite frankly, he's the best candidate to take kind of that Antoine Simmons leadership role in this defense. He was already probably number two in that respect on the defense last year. Um, the free safeties, it's concerning. I mean, you've got Trey person who now has a year of experience. Maybe that really helps him out, but just from a, you know, athleticism perspective, he seemed to struggle last year. Um, you've got AJ Kirk and Michael Gravely, who we mentioned both actually enrolling early. So we'll see if they can uh, see some PT early in the year. Uh, but both of them, like you said, are kind of box safeties. They're bigger, probably project better to the strong safety or potentially the nickel spot for a guy like Kirk. Um, but yeah, free safety is concerning. And in this cover three where you get the middle third of the field, it's it's really important to have a, a competent guy, you know, in that position. So um, it's kind of split. Henderson should be great. One of the better strong safeties in the Big Ten this year. Uh, Trey Person, on the other hand, you're going to have to see a big step up to say the same about him. And and you mentioned, you know, the depth guys like Snow, um, Dowell, Kirk, are, are they going to be competing for that nickel spot? I don't think Michael Dowell has that position locked down. I mean, he, he started it there this year and, and lost the position to gross throughout the year. So, um, you know, obviously he's older, more experienced now, but you know, the coaches weren't putting him in that position throughout the entire season last year. So it's, there's definitely some question marks. I'd put this at probably like a six because we're returning a lot of experience. You have Xavier Henderson anchoring it and you've got a couple pretty promising safety prospects, both enrolling early. So definitely some things to look forward to and, and a good foundation to build on. So I think it's strong, not our best position group, 
but uh, one we can rely on more than some others. Yeah, I actually had the same number at a six, and it, I wanted to say five and just go right down the middle because it was like, yeah, man, you're you're bringing all these guys back, but did anybody really make a jump last year to where you feel like, oh, you know, okay, Trey Person, we were we were questionable about him going into the year, but he finished strong, and we feel great going into this offseason. Not really, right? Darius Snow didn't get enough playing time to really feel comfortable there. Uh, Michael Dowell again, like he played pretty well at times, gave up some plays at times and Xavier Henderson, I think had a little bit of a dip in terms of his production. So none of the guys that are coming back really, if, again, if the conversation is momentum really fill that, that, uh, title, but I think the really thing that pushed it just over that five to a six is like you said, the guys that are coming in. I think this could be a really strong class in terms of the defensive backs and the safeties specifically. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that about wraps it up here. Like it, it is going to be a fascinating off season. And I think that's, we just wanted to kind of talk about, I guess really a lot of this is, is kind of introducing some of the storylines that we're going to be focusing on here this off season, right? You look at some of these position groups and you think, okay, the wide receivers, yeah, it's interesting, but there's not really a whole lot to talk about just because we know all these guys, we know the guys that are going to be productive and starting. And I guess you can really fill in the, you know, is it going to be Ricky White or Trey Mosley for that third spot, right? But not a whole lot to talk about. And then you get to these like linebackers, defensive backs, and some of these groups that I think are fascinating and that we're going to have continued conversations about. So I think this is a good check for for the momentum, not only that, but um, you know, just to kind of get a, a little introduction into some of these storylines at each position group as we get some of these, you know, early enrollees. I, I actually, as we're recording this, I got a tweet notification that Cam Allen has landed at, at, at uh, the Detroit Metro Airport. He is in East Lansing as we speak. So, you know, some of these early enrollees starting to file in here. The war, the off-season workouts are going to get get going here, and hopefully spring ball is on as normal, and we can get some more uh, really interesting talking points. Uh, we're we're going to sit down here and and you know talk about what what kind of content we're going to keep pushing out here over this off-season. So we have a lot of ideas. We've talked about plenty of stuff. If you guys, if there's anything that you guys listening really want to hear from us this off-season, or really want us to do more of. If you're interested in us doing like a live stream, that's something that we've kind of talked about. We, you know, we could like live stream the spring game or something, right? There's plenty of stuff. If there's something that you guys really want us to talk about, if there's any topics, if there's any questions you guys have, we do the mailbag stuff all the time. But if there's anything that you're like, all right, I, I really would love to hear an episode dedicated to this. Let us know. We're more than open to it. You know, you guys are the reason we do this. We have a ton of fun. Just, you know, we, we, we joke about it because it's like, we would be having all these conversations by ourselves anyway. So the fact that people are are actually enjoying listening to us talk about it, it is good enough for us, but yeah, this shows for you guys. So if there's anything you want to hear, make sure you let us know. You can let us know on Twitter at standing room MSU. If you want to send an email too, I've had an email address set up. I've never actually told anybody about it. It's mostly just for like marketing stuff in the future down the line, but standingroomspartans at gmail.com. If you're old school and you don't have social media, throw me an email, send me an email with any questions, with any topics you have, 
and I'll make sure we get back to you and, and we try to dedicate as much time as, as we can. So um, Scott, any thoughts before we get out of here and enjoy the rest of our Sunday? No, I'm excited for this off season. I think we'll continue to get some, some exciting news. Hopefully, we'll, like I mentioned, we'll get some, some things to look at around the spring game and definitely Kevin and I will be thinking of some creative ways to keep you guys entertained through the dark months here. So um, the doldrums yeah. of late winter. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Um, stay entertained, you know, keep yourself entertained. We have 230 days until kickoff. So, uh, it's right yeah, around actually, the corner. 232. So if anybody knows who wore number 232 for MSU, <laughs> uh, Oh, the countdown. So that, that means that we are what 139 days from the countdown, right? 99 would yeah. start the countdown. So I don't think we've had any double zeros. I guess I could put a double zero at a hundred, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. I don't know if maybe going back to like the fifties, there was, you know, that type of stuff was more common, but so if anybody yeah, no, knows uh, a double zero tweet it at me and uh, we'll start off the countdown at a hundred, a uh, hundred days left. We will be in Evanston to start next year on September 4th. So it is 230 days. I couldn't remember if it was the 4th or the 6th. Uh, fighting, the Pat, fighting the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds, assuming he is still there. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll have a fighting somebody else in Evanston next year. Uh, the best, but we'll, the best we'll home field advantage of sports is a road game in Evanston. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if we lose, Tucker might just make him swim back across uh, Lake Michigan. But, uh, <laughs> No, all right, that's well, all I got. So um, yeah, have yourselves a great Monday. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the, uh, well, I guess as you're listening to this, you, you have already seen the rest of the playoff football for this weekend. So enjoy the uh, uh, championship Sunday next week in the NFL uh, and enjoy all the Michigan state basketball. I know we just had a game canceled, so that's going to be a roller coaster. Uh, just like the football season was, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll root on our, our Spartans, the hockey seasons, uh, already, uh, what's the word for hockey? It's not tipped off. They already dropped the puck. Let's, let's go with that. I'm not a hockey. They dropped the puck. Yeah. Yeah. But MSU hockey started (laughs) up. I think from, from what I know of them, from what Sean sends into the group chat, they've been doing pretty well. So have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.